Hey everyone, welcome to the Happy Flosser podcast. My name is Billy Lunt. I am your host, and I am here to talk to you about all things dental hygiene to support you on your journey through the dental hygiene program. Welcome, so glad to have you. On today's episode, I invited Lisa Centrella to speak about medical emergencies. Lisa is a full-time faculty member at NHTI in Concord, New Hampshire, and she works as a clinic coordinator and teaches medical emergencies to our dental hygiene students. I was delighted to hear that Lisa was willing to share this information. Students will need to know this information if and when they have a medical emergency in the dental setting. And there are many questions on the board exams that relate to medical emergencies. So I'm really happy that Lisa was willing to share this for the students that listen to this podcast. Are you looking for study sheets? I've created study sheets that cover the content of this episode. If you're interested or that's something that's going to help you on your learning journey, you can click the link listed right in the description of these show notes. Happy studying! Hi, Professor Lunt. Thank you for having me as a guest speaker on the Happy Flosser. I'm going to discuss medical emergencies today. As an oral health provider, it is our responsibility to make sure everyone in the dental office are safe. Although the occurrence of life-threatening emergencies in the dental office is infrequent, many factors can increase the likelihood of medical emergency. There is an increase of a chance to have a medical emergency in the dental office because Six in 10 adults in the U.S. have chronic disease. The increased number of older people seeking dental care, the growing trend toward longer dental appointments, and last but not least, the use of administrating of drugs in dentistry. So what is the best way to treat a medical emergency in your office? Remember the five Ps. Proper preparation prevents poor performance. One of the best ways to treat a medical emergency in the dental setting is to prevent them from occurring. Have the office emergency plan is a part of proper preparation. Making sure you have an emergency cart with up-to-date medications, an oxygen tank, and an AED. Have a plan for the team members. They can have responsibilities. Making sure you have an emergency cart and the up-to-date medications, having an oxygen tank and an AED. Have team responsibilities. The team members should all be CPR certified, and the team members have designated defined roles in the case of an emergency. Another step in making sure you prepared for an emergency is to know your patient. A thorough medical history A medical history should be reviewed and discussed at every appointment. Develop a rapport with your patient. It is common for dental patients to think it is okay to hold back medical issues with the dental provider. Make sure you take your vital signs on your patient every appointment. They may see the dental provider more than their own physician. Key to successful dental management of a medical compromised patient is to keep calm and do a risk assessment, identifying the potential risk. Know the signs of trouble. Are they lethargic, difficulty breathing, 
the color in their face, dysphorus, which is sweating, determine their ASA classification. Always implement stress reduction protocols. Remember, prevention and stress reduction begins before the patient comes in to receive treatment. Recognize the level of anxiety, possible premedication. Schedule the appointment in the morning. Minimize the patient's waiting time, possible sedation during the appointment, and adequate pain and anxiety control, and always telephone your patient later the same day of the treatment. Some of the medical conditions that could cause a medical emergency include cardiovascular disorders, which include the coronary artery disease, myocardial infarction, congestive heart failure, endocrine disorders, brain disorders, alcohol and drug dependency, and blood disorders. What is the most common medical emergency in the dental setting? The most common medical emergency in a dental office is syncope. Syncope is caused by a decreased oxygen flow factors that will trigger the sympathetic nervous system, also known as the fight or flight response. Some of the factors include fright, anxiety, emotional stress, pain. The non-psychogenic factors include hunger, exhaustion, sitting or standing in an upright position, hot and or crowded environment. Some common signs and symptoms you will see with this emergency, pallor, sweating, like a cold sweat, nausea, anxiety, yawning, feeling dizzy, bradycardia, decreased blood pressure, and convulsion movements, and then unconsciousness. Treatment for this syncope emergency, you want to position the patient supine, lower the head slightly and elevate the legs. For pregnant women, roll on the left side. Assess consciousness. Ensure the airway is open. Breathing, checking the breathing should be adequate. Circulation, check the carotid pulse. Dispense or administer oxygen at a flow of four to six liters per minute. Use a cold compress on the forehead. Ensure that the vital signs, the drug administration, and patient response are properly monitored and recorded. And facilitate the next steps in the medical and the dental care and always reassure your patient. The second most common medical emergency in the dental office is an allergic reaction. Allergic reactions, patients may be allergic to medications or materials used in dentistry. A common drug allergen include antibiotics and analgesics. Latex allergy is a common allergen that may be seen. An allergic reaction will occur when a patient is introduced to the allergen, then the mast cells degranulate and release histamine into the cardiopulmonary system. This can produce an acute life-threatening change involving circulation in the bronchioles consistent with anaphylactic shock. Some signs and symptoms that you will see. Skin reactions such as generalized rash. Intense pruritus, which is an uncomfortable, irritating sensation that creates an urge to scratch. Uticaria, which is hives. Flushing and edema which is swelling. You also will see smooth muscle spasms such as cramping of the abdominal, 
nausea or vomiting, acute respiratory distress due to the larynx edema, wheezing, then cardiovascular distress, and collapse. Treatment for this patient. If the patient is conscious, place in an upright, most comfortable position. But if the patient goes unconscious, you want to place in a supine and activate the EMS. Assess to ensure that the airway is open. Ensure breathing is adequate by talking to and reassuring the patient. Apply the blood pressure cuff, the pulse oximeter to assess circulation, and dispense or administer epinephrine at 0.3 to 0.5 milligrams. Oxygen maintained at a rate of 4 to 6 liters per minute. Repeat epinephrine every 5 to 10 minutes as needed. Ensure that the vital signs, drug administration, and patient response are properly monitored and recorded. Monitor the blood pressure to ensure hypertension is not occurring and facilitate the next steps in the medical care and, like always, reassure your patient. Now we're going to talk about an acute asthmatic episode. Asthma is a chronic respiratory disorder in which there is increased responsiveness of the trachea, the bronchi, the bronchioles to various triggers, resulting in the narrowing of the airways. It is important to be aware that if your patient indicates a medical history of asthma, they should bring their prescribed bronchodilator with them to the appointment. Some signs and symptoms you will see of an acute asthmatic episode is dyspnea, tachypnea, cyanosis, nasal flaring, single words or short sentences, wheezing, cough, level of awareness is decreased. Treatment. Position your patient upright with the arms forward. Use stress reduction protocols. Administer the bronchodilator. Oxygen nasal camellia at 46 liters per minute. Second dose of the inhaler may need to be administered. Monitor vital signs. If no relief with the bronchodilator, activate the EMS. Epinephrine can be administered and prepare for CPR. Now we're going to talk about cardiovascular emergencies. Atherosclerotic heart disease is a major health problem in the U.S. Atherosclerosis is a thickening of the intimal layer of the arterial wall caused by the accumulation of lipid plaques. Atherosclerosis is the most common underlying of not only coronary heart disease but angina, myocardial infarction, and also cerebral vascular disease which is stroke. Atherosclerotic disease is also known as ischemic heart disease or coronary artery disease. Some risk factors include gender, increasing age, hereditary, tobacco use, hypertension, diabetes, obesity, and the lack of physical activity. Ischemic heart disease is caused by atherosclerosis, which causes limited blood supply which decreases oxygen to the myocardium, which is the heart muscle. So it is important to have a basic understanding of the anatomy of the blood flow. The blood enters the via superior or inferior vena cava, then to the right atrium through the tricuspid valve, then off to the right ventricle through the pulmonic valve, into the pulmonary artery to the lungs, then enters through the pulmonary vein to the left atrium, through the mitral valve to the left ventricle, 
through the aortic valve to the aorta. Finally, back to the body. Some emergencies that may be seen in the dental office due to cardiac disease include angina, pectoris, and myocardial infection, also known as heart attack. Angina pectoris is a type of chest pain, pressure, or discomfort. Angina is not a disease, rather a symptom of a disease process involving the arteries. Angina is chiefly precipitated by exercise, emotion, or heavy meal. Angina is treated by a vasodilator nitroglycerin. Stable angina is relieved by rest and nitroglycerin. Pain usually lasts from 1 to 15 minutes. The medical history will reveal the history of the angina if stable or unstable. During the dental visit, the RDH will take a risk assessment, the medical history, discuss medications, and get a medical consult. Use stress reduction protocols and be cautious of the use of anesthetics with epinephrine. Some signs and symptoms of angina. You're gonna have chest pain. They're gonna show the Levine sign, which is the fist over the chest. Radiating pain, tachycardia, dysphorus, pala, and pain lasts only one to 15 minutes. Treatment for angina. Terminate the procedure for help. Position the patient upright, comfort the patient, assess airways, take the vitals, confirm that the patient has a history of angina. Once confirmed history of angina, apply oxygen, either a face mask or a nasal cannula at four to six liters per minute. Administer the nitroglycerin, repeat in five minutes up to three times over 10 to 15 minutes. In 10 to 15 or after second dose, activate the EMS. It is important to understand that you do not give nitroglycerin if the systolic blood pressure is below 100. If pain and nitroglycerin is not relieving symptoms, treat as an acute myocardial infarction. Acute myocardial infarction. 35% in men between the ages of 35 to 50. 65% of the AMIs will die before arrival to the hospital, and 40% of our MI patients have recurrent MI within the six months. A MI, myocardial infarction, patient has insufficient coronary arterial blood supply to the myocardium. It can result to cellular death and necrosis of the myocardium. This is when the patient has sudden occlusion of the major coronary vessels, which is the coming together of the walls. During the dental visit, the, the RDH will do a risk assessment, ask important questions. When did you have your heart attack? Use stress reduction protocols, shorter appointments, get a medical consult for anticoagulant therapy and obtain the INR. This is the international normalized ratio. The ideal ratio is less than 3.5. If the INR is above this number, consideration and bleeding during appointment need to be considered. And always use caution with using epinephrine. Some signs and symptoms of an AMI. The Levine sign, that's the fist across the chest. Nausea, vomiting, dysphorus, cool moist skin, feeling of impending doom, dyspnea, weakness, fear, anxiety. They could have a ashen gray color. 
Synodic, pulse is weak, tachycardia, blood pressure is usually low, respirations are rapid and shallow, and no relief with the nitroglycerin. Treatment, terminate the dental treatment, summons for help, position the patient upright, comfort the patient, take the vitals every three to five minutes, confirm no history of angina or not usual episode, activate the EMS, administer nitroglycerin, no nitroglycerin if systolic blood pressure is below 100. Administer aspirin if no contraindications. Request the AED. Manage complications while waiting for the EMS. If patient goes into cardiac arrest, position the chair lowest to the floor. Use a backboard or pull the patient to the floor. Attach the AED immediately and start CPR. Now we're going to talk about more cardiovascular issues. We're going to talk about heart failure. Heart failure occurs when the heart muscle is impaired, no longer pumps sufficient blood to the body's tissues and organs. can result from almost any kind of cardiovascular disease, heart valve damage, high blood pressure, pulmonary disorders, congenital heart disease, severe lung disease, and diabetes. Heart failure can be either left heart failure or right heart failure, and both sides are known as congestive heart failure. Left heart failure condition is when the left ventricle, the blood accumulates in the ventricle, then the fluid and the blood back up into the lungs, and this is pulmonary venous congestion. This may precipitate acute pulmonary edema. And signs and symptoms of acute pulmonary edema, weakness, fatigue, dyspnea, orthopenia, can't breathe lying down, gasping for air, rapid pulse, cool moist skin, sonotic lips and nail beds, and loud coarse lung sounds. Treatment of acute pulmonary edema, terminate all treatment, contact the EMS, stress reduction protocol, position the patient comfortable, most likely upright, monitor vital signs every five minutes, maintain airway, heart failure. This develops secondary to the left heart failure. Blood and fluid backs up into the venous circulation. Signs and symptoms of right heart failure, weakness and fatigue, edema in the ankles and the legs and the stomach, cold hands and feet, prominent, prominent jugular vein, and the treatment for right heart failure. Use stress reduction protocols, monitor vitals every three to five minutes, and activate the EM. Now we're going to talk about cerebral vascular disease. Cerebral vascular disease refers to a group of conditions, disease, disorders that affect the blood vessels and the blood supply to the brain. A CVA, cerebral vascular accident, usually caused by atherosclerosis, can lead to stroke. Transchemic attack is the term used for a mini stroke. Two conditions transit ischemic attack or cerebral vascular attack, CVA, is a neurological deficit that lasts a short period of time caused by temporary disturbance in the blood supply to a localized area in the brain. Signs and symptoms of a TIA, you have numbness of the face, the arm or leg on one side of the body, weakness, tingling in the extremities, speech disturbances, visual disturbances, and they may be confused.
a cerebral vascular accident caused by the sudden interruption of the oxygenated blood to the brain results in a focal necrosis of the brain tissue and possible death, also known as a stroke or brain attack. Extent of the damage is dependent on the area of the brain involved in the cause of the deficit. Some risk factors for a CVA is hypertension, age, diabetes, cardiac abnormalities causing emboli, high cholesterol, use of oral contraceptives, smoking, drug, drug abuse, and cardiovascular disease. It is important to the CPSS scale known as FAST. F, does the face droop to one side? A, with both arms raised, does one droop? S, ask the patient to repeat simple sentences. Is the sky blue? In time, time is critical. Call 911 if any of the above tests are positive. Defer treatment if high blood pressure and histories of uh, TIAs. Treatment, terminate the activate the EMS. Position the patient supine or semi-supine. Oxygen only if dyspnea or hypoxia. Take vitals every three to five minutes. Prepare for basic life support. Now we're gonna talk about hyperventilation. This is a condition in which the patient breathes faster and or deeper than the metabolic needs of the body, thus eliminating more carbon dioxide than is being produced. Fear and anxiety are common precipitating factors in the dental setting and can cause hyperventilation. Signs and symptoms, overbreathing, lightheadedness, increased apprehension. Treatment for hyperventilation. Position the patient upright. Remove materials from the mouth and loosen clothing. Do not administer oxygen. Have the patient breathe into a cupped hands and use stress reduction protocols. Now we're gonna talk about emphysema. This is a condition of the lungs in which there is a decrease in the ability to draw extra oxygen. When you exhale, the damaged alveoli don't work properly and old air becomes trapped, leaving no room for fresh oxygen-rich air to enter. Some signs and symptoms of emphysema, shortness of breath, even at rest, cough, fatigue, slight fever and chills, chest discomfort. Treatment for emphysema, stress reduction protocols, avoid treating if upper respiratory infection present, upright chair position, oxygen at four to six milliliters per minute, emergency unlikely if proper modif modifications are made. We're gonna talk about seizures or convulsions. Epilepsy, we have grand mal. This is the generalized tonic-clonic. This is the most common form. And there are four phases to the grand mal. You have the prodromal phase, which the patient may have anxiety. You have the pre-ictal phase where the patient loses consciousness or jerks, or you can hear an epileptic cry. You have the ictal phase, contractions, dyspnea, stenosis that lasts 10 to 20 seconds. And then you have the post-ictal phase where movements stop, breathing returns to normal, and a full recovery within two hours.
So now we're going to talk about petite mal seizures. This is the also known as absence of seizures. This occurs shortly after awakening or during periods of inactivity. It's a brief loss of awareness. The patients stare blankly or experience rapid blinking of eyes and has a history of seizures. Treatment for all seizures. For all seizures, protect the patient from harm by removing objects nearby that could cause injury. Do not attempt to restrain or wedge the mouth open. Maintain airway if needed. Summons for EMS if the seizure lasts longer than five minutes or if injury is present or patient is pregnant or a diabetic or does not immediately regain consciousness. Now we're gonna talk about the endocrine emergencies. Before we talk about the emergency, it is important to understand that diabetes affects approximately 15.7 million people in the US. If you are working in a dental office with 2,000 active patients, you will see approximately 40 to 70 patients with diabetes and one third will be unaware they have the condition. Hyperglycemia is when the blood glucose level is too high. Patients with hyperglycemia can experience complications such as diabetic renopathy, which can lead to blindness, diabetic neuropathy, pain in the feet and hands, macrovascular and microvascular complications where the capillaries thickens and can cause thrombi leading to impairment in the normal blood flow. And another complication is diabetic neuropathy. Small blood vessels are damaged in the kidneys and then the kidney loses its ability to filter impurities from the blood. Medical emergency for someone who has hyperglycemia, they can have diabetic ketoacidosis, also known as DKA. Signs and symptoms of DKA, tachypnea, alteration in mental status, dehydration, increased thirst, muscle weakness, severe fatigue, nausea, vomiting, blurred vision, fruity odor to breath, hypertension, and cardia. Treatment. Patient needs to get blood glucose levels down, so the best way to achieve this is to have the patient receive insulin. Then we have to talk about hypoglycemia, which is more of an emergency than hyper. But hypoglycemia refers to as insulin shock when the glucose levels are lower than 40 to 50. Hypoglycemia usually occurs because of a missed meal or irregular eating, consumption of alcohol, increased exercise. Some signs and symptoms of hypoglycemia, confusion, seizures, coma, dizziness, weakness, syncope, headache, intense hunger, cold, clammy skin, irritability, or aggressive behavior. Treatment for hypoglycemia. Stop the treatment, position upright, administer 20 grams of oral glucose, monitor the vitals, observe for an hour after resolution. If the patient becomes unconscious, activate the EMS, put the patient in supine, prepare for basic life support, and you can administer 20 milligrams of glucagon intramuscular. That was fantastic, Lisa. What a wonderful review for our students. Yes, thank you. Thanks for listening today. Join me next time when we talk about the arterial blood supply to the head and neck. Now, this information will build upon previous content 
and that is essential prior to taking pain management. Disease and infection can spread fairly easily in the head and neck region, and as a dental hygienist, it's important to have a solid understanding of the arterial supply to the head and neck region, so you won't want to miss it. I would invite you to ask any questions at all that you need answered. Sometimes questions come up when you're listening to this podcast. If you have a question, most likely someone else has the very same question. I'd be happy to answer it and would probably share it in a future podcast.